Well, we have been journeying for all of this year now on the topic, the theme for this year on walking every day with Jesus. And it's been a great journey, but it's a, um, oh, you're stealing my thunder, Caleb, already. It's a great journey because it really comes from a heart that if, if, if we're going to be the people that God wants us to be on and needs us to be in our community and the church that he desires us to be, then, then we need to be people who walk every day with Jesus. And currently, we're, we've spent a lot of time over the past couple of months studying around prayer. And first, we looked at it as, as an individual and what it meant for us to pray and collectively now as, as a church that is on its knees praying and, and what that means. In, in the first week, Graham spoke about that during that time as a church prays that it's when God's presence is revealed to us. Last week, Jess talked about God's power being received as we are on our knees in prayer. And this week, we're going to explore the topic together of prayer is how God's purpose is achieved in our life as individuals and as a church. Just perhaps that prayer is actually the way that God's will is done on earth, not our will being done in heaven. Last time I had the opportunity to speak, we were, we were working through some of the great prayers of the Old Testament. And, uh, and I had the privilege of sharing around the prayer of Jabez, the, this great prayer that, is, that interrupts a history lesson in the Old Testament to remember that this, this man prayed such a unique prayer that it had to be recorded for all eternity. Uh, the prayer that, oh Lord, would you bless me? Would you enlarge my territory? Would your hand be with me? And, and in that message, we, we explored again the concept that perhaps that prayer was never intended to bless Jabez's life, but to use him to expand and grow the kingdom of God in the area that he was living in and serving in during his life. If we remember when Jesus taught the disciples to pray, he said, this is how you pray. It's really simple. A father who art in heaven. I learned it in old King James. I can't get it out of my head. A father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. But, but so often in our humanness, if there is such a word, we, we kind of switch that even sometimes with good intentions to pray our kingdom come, our will be done. And today in, in this topic of God's purpose being achieved in prayer, let's journey and explore that together this morning. When I, when I was a teenager some time ago, I was, uh, I was learning to play guitar. And I'd, I'd done about a, a year of lessons and everything was going great. I, I haven't really improved much since then some long time ago actually, but, but I, I'd been playing a, 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 a classical nylon string guitar which was quite difficult and I had my heart set on another guitar. And at a similar time, my, my parents had built a new home and, and decided that we needed to insulate the roof in January because it was hot. And, and my dad had received a quote from a, a contractor to come in and put those really itchy uh, bats, I think they're called, into the roof of our house. And he looked at the cost of the quote and he said, that's why I have sons, so that I don't have to pay that. So he struck a deal with us to, uh, to, to insulate the roof of our house. I think even he may have regretted it, having to be up there with us during that time in summer. But, but I didn't mind because I wanted 
to purchase a white Fender Stratocaster. I had my heart set on it, and I had great intentions for it. I wanted to join the, the worship team. I wanted to play in the youth band, and I thought, this is really what God wants for my life. It's a white Fender Stratocaster with gold hardware, and, and it's what God wants. And, and I, had, I had an understanding of the Scriptures that if it was in my heart, this is meant to be serious, <laughs> Then God would grant me that desire. Psalm 37, verse 4, it says, Take delight in the Lord, and He will give you your heart's desires. And so I believe that I had every right to profess that this guitar would be mine, that my, my desire to use it was righteous, it was to delight in the Lord, and and so I, I happily crawled around in the roof of my parents' house to, and combined it with my Christmas money and a recent birthday to get myself a white Fender Stratocaster. Because it was the right thing to do. It was my heart's desires. God, God says in his word, Psalm 37, verse 4. I, I must have heard it as a teenager and thought, I am going to hold on to that promise in my life that if, if, if I delight in the Lord... If I'm doing the right thing with the right intentions for what he wants, then surely my heart's desires are going to be given to me. And I so desired that white Fender Stratocaster to serve God with it. That was the only intention for it. But as I grew in my maturity and understanding of the Word of God, I realized the great contradiction that exists in the Word of God when it comes to my heart. Psalm 37 verse 4, again, my heart's desires will be given to me, but Jeremiah 17 verse 9, God tells me that my heart is the most deceitful of all things and is desperately wicked. Not just a little bit wicked, not just sometimes wicked, but it is desperately wicked. Now that is pretty harsh. My heart the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. The great contradiction that I found in the Word of God where on one hand, if I delight in the, God, in the Lord, have great intentions about what I'm doing, then my heart's desires are going to be filled. But hang on, my heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately, desperately wicked. And you know, I found that to be true and honest. Because I didn't want a white Fender Stratocaster to serve God. I mean, I was willing to do that if it got it for me. I wanted a white Fender Stratocaster because I saw Kurt Cobain play one in a film clip and I wanted to be a rock star. There's still hope for me. I, I still believe it. It's a desire of my heart. We should talk, guys. Holly who and the other Adam. Um, that could work. No? Okay. But it's a great contradiction that we find that, that, that our heart, God tells us to guard it, that it can't be trusted, that it's most deceitful, that my heart would, would, would create a justified reasoning to desire something, to use it for God, but really it was just to feed the desperate wickedness 
in my heart. How can this exist? How can it be that God would trust a deceitful, the most deceitful of all things, wickedly desperate heart, and yet grant the desires that it has? I think about it a little bit like this. I once went to someone's house for dinner. Not once, I... I've been invited over quite a few times, but I said to the person cooking, what are we having for dinner tonight? And they said, we're having chicken ginger stir fry. That's fantastic. I love chicken ginger stir fry. I really do. And I looked at the recipe in the book and the photo and said, that's what we're cooking. So that's fantastic. But that's beef. That's not chicken. And they said, yeah, that's, I, I didn't have any chicken, so I'm using beef. I said, okay, okay, cool. So we're having beef, ginger, stir-fry. Well, no, no, no. The, the recipe says, if you look at the photo, it's chicken, ginger, stir-fry. I know, but it's not chicken. You're cooking with beef, so it's, it's beef, ginger, stir-fry. Well, it, it sort of is, except I didn't have any ginger. <laughs> I said, okay, right, so... Let me get this straight. We're having beef stir-fry. Well, sort of, but the recipe says chicken, ginger, stir I know the recipe says that, but if you change the ingredients in something and change the recipe, then, then you don't get the photo and the outcome. At the, I know that you want to have chicken, ginger, stir-fry, but if you don't have ginger and you only have beef, then what you do have is beef stir-fry. You can't change the ingredients and the recipe back here and still expect it to look like the photo and the outcome that the book promised you. And I feel that this is the answer to the great contradiction. We can't change the recipe of a promise in Psalm 37 verse 4 that says, If we delight in the Lord and He will give us the desires of our heart, we can't switch out the ingredients and still expect to get to the end of the cooking process and enjoy some chicken ginger stir-fry for dinner. If we're going to switch things out with a deceitful heart and a wickedly desperate heart, we can't get to the end and still see that the purpose of God that we hoped for or the will of God in our life, or the blessing of delivery of the desires of our heart can happen if we change the ingredients along the way. There has to be something that's hidden in this scripture in Psalm 37 verse 4 that gives us the answer to how we can enjoy chicken ginger stir fry and not end up with beef stir fry. <laughs> without the ginger and the chicken. There has to be something. And I realized that, that uh, you know, the, the Bible was never written in English. This part of the Bible was written in, in ancient Hebrew. And if you've ever com- compared the ancient text to the English words, you, you might notice that so often the amount of words in the verse doesn't equal the amount of words in the English verse. And that's because... I'm sorry to the English teachers, but sometimes our English language is a little bit limited in being able to capture the understanding of what the Scripture really and truly said. And so I looked at what the Hebrew said for 
Psalm 37 verse 4 because I thought there must be something in the ingredients in the recipe that we're missing. And that word delight there, take delight, delight is a, is a Hebrew word, anag. I think that's how you say it. And it actually means to be delicate and to be pliable. The word give, when we think in English of the word give, it's like we're giving something to someone. We're giving them an asset or an object or we're granting them access to something. That Hebrew word is nathan and it means to to bestow something upon someone. It's not to physically hand them or deliver them an outcome. It's to put or bestow something upon them. I've heard it explained in other ways that the best way to understand the context of that word in this scripture is the word transplant. Transplanting of something from someone to another. And the word desire, desires, the Hebrew word there is mishalah, and it means the petitions that we make to God. And when we take this recipe of ingredients that in English says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires, I would like to suggest this morning on this journey of understanding it, that we could read it a little bit like this. Be pliable and teachable by the Lord so that he can bestow and transplant the desires of his heart to yours so that you may petition for them in prayer. When we read about it and think of it and explore it in the context of how it was actually intended to be written, in the, or how it was rather, written in the Hebrew language, it completely changes the idea of it. It shows us the true ingredients that we need to have in that recipe to enjoy the chicken ginger stir fry around the table that night. It shows us that taking delight in the Lord is not about him giving us the desires of our heart, but rather being teachable and pliable in prayer to God so that the desires of his heart would be transplanted into, the, into our heart to become the things that we petition back to him for in prayer. What's the answer to the great contradiction of our heart's desires being filled when they are the most deceitful? and desperately wicked. It's petitioning and being pliable and teachable by God through being a church on its knees that bring the alignment of our heart into the alignment of God's heart so that the prayers that we make are no longer for white Fender Squire Stratocasters with gold hardware, but rather for what the will of God is in our life, the people that we are reaching the communities that we have been placed in, and therefore our heart can then be trusted to see the desires of it fulfilled through the purpose that God achieves by us being in prayer. Prayer is not about us seeing our will happen in the world or in heaven, but it's about the will of heaven being aligned and transplanted into our heart. The next scripture in this, in this passage, the psalmist writes in verse 5, it says, Commit everything to the Lord. Trust Him 
and he will help you. And I believe that is the key there, to commit everything to the Lord. How do we align our heart? How, do, how do, is God's purpose achieved through what we do each and every day in walking with him? in being outside of the four walls of this place, being the church to the world that we live in. It's about committing everything you do to the Lord. Trust Him and He will help you. Now, I took my study of Hebrew a little bit further and that word commit, I cannot recall what the ancient or what the original Hebrew word is, but I know that it means to roll together. I don't think it means like in your lowrider convertible, picking up God with your arm out the window, one hand on the steering wheel and rolling together. But I believe that it's in the context of like baking, like things being rolled together. Not driving around with God in the car, although I mean do that. Put, put the radio on, listen to Rima. But commit everything you do is about rolling everything we do into one. And, and we, we have a challenge this week, and, and don't, don't hand it out yet, because sometimes the challenge of the challenge is how early in the week we have to get the challenge submitted so the challenge can be available on Sunday as the weekly challenge. Uh, and, and sometimes between that time of sending it to the printers and the Sunday the challenge becomes a little bit more challenging. And uh, so, so the card that you will take home today says, a very nice spend time daily asking God to give you his desires for your heart. But I would like to shift up the way that we think about rolling together and committing to God to see his purpose achieved in our life, having this new understanding that our heart can be trusted when it's aligned to God. And how we achieve that is by committing or rolling together all the parts of our life. Now, who, who likes a little bit of craft? Oh, wow. Feel more like a magician. All right, this, this is what I want us to, to think about. As we're thinking about rolling together, committing everything in our life to God, and that, that then brings our hearts into alignment with His purpose and His will. But um, what, what, what we do... I feel like I'm about to do a magic trick. Nope. What we do in our life... And it's not, it's not evil. It's not even intentional. It's just our human nature. But, but we want to and naturally do take all the different elements of our life and put them into what people currently would call a sphere or a box of our life. And we like to segment everything that we do. And so, so we grab one and we say, uh, this, is our, this is our work. This is our career. And we create a box for that. And we grab another one that is um, our finances or, or the things that, that we have, our possessions, and we, and we create another sphere for that. And we, we pop that in. We get another one that is, that is our time. And we say, these are the things that are important to me. 
These are the hobbies that I want to have, the things I want. This is my time. And we create a little box or a Play-Doh ball, whatever. And we get another one and it might be ministry. This is the way that we're going to serve. And we put all these things into different boxes. And I believe if we will be honest with ourselves today, ourselves, that we know that we do this in our life. We all have those things that we say, well, we'll know that that box is a little bit full, so I'm not going to take any more from, from that box. We, we keep everything nice and, and segmented. We don't want things to cross over. We don't want the colors to mix. We want everything to be a little bit different. And in terms of seeing God's purpose achieved in our life, that comes from that heart that needs to be in alignment with God, but perhaps just isn't always quite in alignment. The way that we, as humans, as just everyday people, create the purpose of God in our life is we just take a little bit from everything. We take a little bit of our work. We take a little bit of our finances or the things that God's given us. We take a little bit of our time and we just give him this and God's purpose in our life and we take a little bit of ministry and a little bit of serving maybe out of that time or out of another area and we create for ourselves another little sphere and then we call that sphere God's purpose in our life. There, there, there it is. I got a little bit of God's purpose in the way that I work every day or the, the way that I serve God or, or, or the way that I, I give of the finances that I have to all the great works of God that God does. I've got a little bit of time. I've got a little bit of ministry that I do. I, I serve in street safe salvos and I do all these things and we create for ourselves another little sphere in our life and we call it God's purpose. And we hope that, that that's enough to align our heart to God but but we do that and, and, and then we look at it and think, well, I, I really want a Fender Squire Stratocaster, a white one with gold hardware. And, and I think I could probably justify that in the little bit of ministry and serving that I do and, and use it in the worship team. And therefore, my heart's desire can be full, can be filled. Well, I've got a little bit of time, so I'm going to give it to something and a little bit of finance, so I'm going to donate it to a, a charity. And, and we don't quite get our heart aligned because we don't quite commit everything. Back one slide. Everything you do to the Lord, we just take a little bit of everything and we make another sphere in our life. But when the psalmist wrote this, he said, roll everything you do into the Lord. Not take a little bit of your sphere and make a new one, but put everything that you do. Romans 12 tells us to take our everyday ordinary life, our eating, our sleeping, our drinking, our work, our everything, and give it into the Lord. And you see, the way that we see God's purpose achieved in our life is not to steal a little bit from every sphere in our life, but like we're told, commit everything, roll everything together into this great big ball that is called God's purpose and God's will in our life. And therefore, when we become pliable and teachable, 
like the verse before tells us, when we allow God to be the one that molds what our life looks like, then our heart becomes aligned with his, and therefore God's purpose is achieved in our life because we have rolled everything together in him. We've trusted him and therefore opened up the door for him to help us in everything that we do. What I love and what I found as a teenager is that I was scared to roll my life together because I thought that my heart's desires would not be fulfilled. And in case you haven't worked it out, I didn't become a rock star. It may still be time, but I didn't become a rock star. But do you know what? As I rolled together my life, that desire that I once thought was so important that in a 40-degree summer I would crawl around a roof cavity now no longer exists in my heart. It was replaced with a desire in my heart that came from God. And that is how, as a church on our knees, we can see the purpose of God achieved in our life. And I ask Beck to come and, and sing that song again. If you didn't pick it up, oh, this is really fun to do if you haven't... <laughs> I have to get into a kids' church a bit more and do some craft. Um, that song, a uh, little bit of a miscommunication yesterday. A, a few of us thought it was everyone else's job to ask Beck to do an item this week. And we worked out about five o'clock yesterday that everyone thought everyone else was doing it and that meant no one had asked Beck. So we asked Beck and she came up with this song knowing nothing about what the, today's topic was about or the verse, or the concept behind it. And, and here she comes this morning and sings a song about having a heart like heaven. And as we finish today, and I'd, I would just love if as a church we took some time to make this our prayer. That above all, that we would have a heart like heaven. A heart that has, causes us to roll together our life so that in him we can find the trust that we need and the help that we need. So before we do finish this morning and rush out for morning tea, I'd love if we just spend a few minutes just listening, worshipping, declaring this song over our life. Lord, we thank you that you have never left us in a gap. There is no part of our life that does not have a purpose, that does not have a will that comes from you. Lord, this morning I pray that our hearts can be aligned to you as individuals and together as a church. That your purpose for us, your purpose for this church family would be achieved. That in the end this world would be a better place. Would be a place filled with hope, life and love. Because a group of people were willing to drop to their knees and say above all else, Lord, fill your heart with the desires that come from you, that I may petition you for them and see the change that this world needs. We thank you, Lord. Amen.